0: Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls, to the Unlikely Artist Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about always being human in all of your negative emotions. I've personally been on a self-help journey most of my adult life. I think I could probably say it dates back to when I was 25. And I've encountered a book by a guy called Dale Carnegie. He wrote this book called something like Stop Worrying and Start Living. I think that was the title. And to me, it was absolutely revolutionary because I used to worry a lot. I'd worried ever since I was actually really, really small. And I thought it was unique to me. I thought it was very weird to my experience of life. And one thing the book reassured me is because it was written and apparently loved by millions of people was I wasn't the only one worrying. And even better, he had some thoughts about it, some different ways to think about things that I could use right away and start to feel better. And my experience with his book led me on a quest to search for self-help books on topics like how to be happy how to feel more fulfilled, you know, really all the things, how to make my relationship better, how to be a better parent, everything. And that often took me in my spare time to go to bookstores and be sitting in the aisles in the self-help sections, scanning for books like these. Each time I finished one, I would read another. And every time I got a new book, it would help me feel better while I was reading them. But I would find that in a week or two later, kind of that good feeling would go away. And that was because I really didn't know how to take the amazing ideas that all made sense and actually implement them in my life. And so the way I dealt with my issues was to keep finding new books and feeling good while I read them. And that was pretty much what I did until I was 54 and I was on a trip to Paris. And I've told you this story before. About how I was a lawyer, but I just started to have visions of painting big canvases, which was really weird because I hadn't painted since I was a, a kid. In fact, I really hadn't painted much at all ever in my life. And yet there I was in Paris imagining painting canvases, which ultimately led to me quitting my job as a lawyer and becoming an artist full time. And that meant I had lots of time to paint, which meant I had lots of time to think about life, to think about psychology, to think about self-help and all the things I liked. And in that process, and also because of my, some of my other experiences, I also started to explore spiritual books. I read things, books by Carolyn Miss and Deepak Chopra and Eckhart Tolle and a whole bunch of people like that, that introduced me to a world that had been unfamiliar to me before. And I took a first degree in Reiki to do some energy work. And I hired an energy healer myself and did some training with her. And I was steeped in the creative world and still reading general self-help books. And eventually the part of me who loves all that stuff decided that I really wanted to help the people who are coming to see my paintings but talking to me about their life and how they wish they could do what I did and were stuck in their jobs or couldn't create the time to paint or had some other passion they wanted to do and I really wanted to help them I didn't know how and I went on a retreat I think it was called The Big Leap or something that like that. It was in Utah. It was with a woman called Martha Beck. She was one of the persons whose books I'd read. She had something called Find Your North Star. And so I was at this retreat, and that's when I discovered life coaching because in addition to being uh, Oprah favorite and writing in Oprah's magazine and having her PhD in sociology and writing learned stuff, Martha Beck also had formed a life coach school and she taught life coaching there. So I took her training and then somebody else there told me about another training that also sounded like a good compliment. So after I finished her life coach training, I was trained and certified with life coach school. And then after that was done, I took other group coaching programs and I worked with coaches who coached me and I joined coaching masterminds again, where I was coached in a group. And I have pretty much done this ever since sucking up all the information. And today I'm still constantly learning and I'll still probably always have a teacher of some kind like this. I can't imagine ever stopping because this is kind of my jam. It's all stuff that's changed my life. It continues to change my life. I love it. And it's helped me change the lives of dozens of people. Maybe even hundreds, even people like you listening to this podcast, I hear from many of you that it's changed your lives or at least given you different ways of being in the world that feel a bit better. And yet, and yet, I still have moments of intense self-doubt, galloping anxiety, which I've had pretty much since I was five. And often, an absolute conviction I don't belong. I suffer frequently from bouts of sadness. I get really discouraged and negative. Sometimes I'm jealous, and sometimes I blame other people unfairly. Sometimes I'm actually kind of a bit of a dick, right? I know that I could take a thousand more hours of self-help courses. I could attend three spiritual retreats a year and meditate on a mountaintop every morning. Well, actually, I couldn't really do that because there's no mountains around here, but you know what I mean. And still, I know that I'd often feel kind of shitty. All my negative emotions are never going to disappear forever. Why? Because I have a human brain. And my human brain, the left part of it, is wired to keep me safe, which means it's got a naturally negative bias. It has to have a naturally negative bias because I'm here on the planet. I'm not one of my ancestors multiple generations back, thousands of generations back, frolicking. Well, somebody who's actually not my ancestor but lived at the same time as my ancestors, somebody who was frolicking in the, fruit, in the fields and got eaten by a tiger. My ancestors, the ones that cowered in the cave and kept themselves safe. Those are the genes that survived. So I and you and all of us, were all naturally wired to be a little bit negative. It keeps us alive and keeps us safe. And that's part of our brain's main priority to keep us safe. And so it wants us to have negative thoughts. So when we have these negative thoughts, it's good because it just reminds me that I'm one of those lucky humans who's successfully stayed alive. So my brain thinks my negative thoughts are really working for me. I really love Jill Bolte-Taylor's book, Whole Brain Living. Just to remind you, or if you haven't listened to my other episodes, Jill bolte Taylor was a neuroscientist or brain scientist. I'm not sure specifically what it was of some kind, very learned. uh, I think at Harvard, someplace like that, Uh, she was a professor and very, very knowledgeable woman. And what happened to her, if she had a stroke, it wiped out the left side of her brain. That's the logical, rational part. And it's also the part that houses all the negative emotions. And For a while, she lived exclusively with the right side of her brain. And eventually, over eight years, the left side of her brain kind of rebuilt itself. And she had such interesting experiences and analyzed in detail the four different parts of our brain. So our left side of our brain has our logical thought and our rational thinking, and it also is the area that has all these negative emotions that I was talking about. And the right side of our brain is able to see the bigger picture, put things together, like various diverse things together, find patterns. Um, It's our creative part of our brain. And it really houses mainly the emotions of awe and wonder. And what she Keeps reminding us is we need all the parts of our brains. She even has this method called the brain huddle, where you bring in that negative emotion part of your brain and you utilize it. She basically could have stayed in the right side of her brain, in this area of her brain that mostly experienced awe and wonder and not all of these negative emotions, but she actually chose to redevelop the left side of her brain. She chose to allow it to come back because she's a human in the world and the left side of her brain is very important. It's, it's an important part of her that helps her in certain circumstances, make the right decisions, helps get her out of trouble. And so she didn't want to abandon that. So her theory is we do need all of it. So the truth is we're not ever going to get rid of those negative emotions, so what's the point of all this self-development stuff if those negative emotions of ours never disappear? If Somebody like me who's a life coach still has all these kind of shitty moments of self-doubt and anxiety and all that that I talked about earlier. What's the point of hiring a coach or a therapist or a spiritual guru if you're still going to feel anxious and doubt yourself And sometimes be downright nasty to yourself. So here's why. Here's why it's still worth working on these things. Because there's a sense of enormous healing you get from just being heard. To sit across the table or across a Zoom screen from a live human being who hears you in all your frustration, your self-loathing, your blame, your, I might as well quit, frustration. And by the way, if you're a dude, I want you to listen up here because this is something most women understand kind of naturally, but lots of guys tend not to. I don't want to be sexist here, just something that (laughs) me and a lot of my women friends have experienced that guys often want to leap in and solve problems and really when women have problems when we're sharing what's wrong with us what what's wrong with us in the sense of not feeling so good really what we want is to just be heard we just want you to sit down listen to our story that's because just being heard helps us feel better and I also know from coaching some guys that for them, when they experience just being listen, listened to with their full emotions, with their real thoughts, it feels pretty amazing. They love it. I went through this process. I might've talked about this before with a woman called Gail Hill. She's an artist in Toronto. And it was a process that was my first encounter with really deep listening. There was a group of us and the process was pretty simple. We'd meet every couple of weeks and we'd sit around a table, and we'd each be allotted, say, seven minutes. I don't know if that's right, number, something like that. We would set a timer. So if it was my turn, I would just speak stream of consciousness, anything that floated through my mind for seven minutes. And everybody else around the table, they couldn't interrupt, they couldn't say anything, they just listened. And then after I finished speaking, One by one, each of those people would have a minute or two to reflect back what they heard, what they experienced when they listened to me, but it was all about me and what I'd said. That was no like, oh, I've had that experience before, that comparison kind of thing. It was just like, oh, Heather, I heard you talk about this and I noticed this and I noticed that it was different than last time you spoke, that kind of thing. And it was just this magical feeling of being really heard as I was and everybody felt the same way. And the amazing thing for me, and I think everybody else was that because it was stream of consciousness. And as we got to trust each other, we pretty much said anything that crossed our mind. And because we had human brains, a lot of it was negative. So we all got to learn. We all got to peek inside each other's brains and see how much humans are naturally disposed towards negativity, towards the same self-doubt and frustration and anger and all of that. It's just being human. So just that process of being heard was tremendously healing. So when you're heard, you still feel crappy, but the intensity dies when you voice it. You don't feel alone. You feel seen, heard, and understood. And that can feel savvy souls like love. It really is, in my experience, a form of love. And I know for me, I genuinely love my clients. And I think they feel that when they coach with me. And when I'm being coached, I feel like my coach loves me too because I'm being seen and heard in all of my humanity and accepted for that. Being coached is also still useful, because when you get coached, you discovered that the percentage of time you spend wallowing in your self-doubt and your frustration, and your fear and your anxiety, and your not belonging, that percentage of time goes down significantly. You still encounter all the bad circumstances and the situations that bother you, and you're still triggered and the emotions still come up. You still get angry, but you learn how to navigate through it faster. You learn to separate yourself from it. You learn to feel the emotions and let them pass through you. And so instead of wallowing in a situation for days, weeks, months, I might experience something, still have that intensity, and yet it's gone an hour later. So, the percentage of time decreases. Also, because when you get coached, and this one's important, you learn to stop believing every self-criticism that flows through your brain. You notice the self-criticism, you see it, you observe it, and then you remember, oh, I don't have to believe that. All of the negative chatter in your brain is so painful when you think it's just the truth, when you don't have the awareness to know that, yeah, these thoughts just go through my mind, but I don't have to believe them. It's a beautiful thing when you start realizing you're not your thoughts and you don't have to believe them. And when you do believe it, you don't have to make it the end of the world. You can say to yourself, yep. I actually did something really shitty. I shouted at her in the meeting. I definitely shouldn't have done that. And it's okay. Basically, I fucked up and it's okay. You stop demanding perfection from yourself. You start loving yourself more in all your imperfection, which is really what love is. That's why coaching feels like love. Because when you get coached, you discover the part of you that watches the second self-doubting, anxiety-ridden, I'm-not-good-enough part of you, and you begin to understand that it's the first part of you that's really you. You begin to sense that, oh, wait, I've got that part of me that's that critical voice in my head that's saying all this shit to me. But there's a part of me that's watching it. And that part of me that's watching it, that feels like it's, it's me watching this other part of me that's in all the self-criticisms and all that stuff. And that part of me that's watching feels like it's the real me. Because when you watch the second part of you with understanding and compassion, literally anything becomes possible You shift into the right part of your brain from this part of your brain, the left part of your brain with all the noise, all the chatter, all the self-criticism, and you shift into that right part of your brain. That's the part of your brain that Jill Bolte-Taylor described when she wrote in her first book, um, My Stroke of Insight. She described being in her right brain as – Being in a state of having no edges to her body, being it felt like she was in a liquid state and she was as expansive as the whole universe and there was no separation between her and what's around her. She was just part of the interchangeable cosmic whole. That's how it felt to be entirely in the right side of her brain. So when you watch that second part of your brain with understanding, you're kind of shifting over to the right side of your brain and that's the part of your brain that's connected to the cosmic whole, the patterns of the universe to the things we all feel and experience and don't really understand, the part of your brain where quantum leaps happen and it really expands what's possible in your life when you spend more time in the right side of your brain. Because when you get coached, you develop the capacity to make small changes and brave changes so that in the future, your not enoughness, your self blame, your anxiety come up in the context of you doing the things you always wanted to do, not in the context of a life where you don't take chances because you're trying to stay safe. Because you'll still feel all these emotions and yet know you're living a well-lived life. So please feel free, savvy souls, to bring all your negative emotions with you, all your human emotions with you, and join me for the Magic Room experience, which starts next month in October. In the Magic Room, that's where we're real, we're honest, and we don't judge each other. We're heard, and we discover we're not so different after all. Our problems aren't unique. Our self-critical thoughts are shared. They're not just our thoughts. They're all our thoughts. We know we're not alone. And knowing this gives us courage. It breaks open possibilities. It clears out our left brains and makes room for right brain creativity and our deep sense of knowing the right path for us. The magic room experience is a chance for you to be seen, heard, and understood in a way you might never have been before. It's a chance for you to experience your dreams and aspirations being fully supported by intelligent, loving people you can trust. It's a chance for you to be celebrated as the human being you are with your full range of emotions. So if you want to find out more, go to www.gracedcanvas.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-D as in dog, C-A-N-V-A-S.com slash magic hyphen room hyphen experience slash And that's where you can get all the information you need about the program and find out how to apply. And it's a chance for us to get to know each other better and do what the tagline for this podcast says, create the freedom to become who you want in all your humanness. And Savvy Souls, I love you in all your humanness. See you next time. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together we'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.